Welcome to Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. My name is John Bartlett, and I'm your host. As we talked about with our recent guest, Christine Hassing, service dogs can make a big difference for veterans. Christine wrote a book where she talked to dozens of veterans about the positive impact of their dogs and coping with their life after serving, dealing with PTSD and more. For years now, there has been a push for the Department of Veterans Affairs to be faster about pairing vets with service dogs. Well, now at the end of the summer, President Biden signed the Puppies Assisting Wounded Service Members Act, or PAWS, P-A-W-S Act, which allocated more funds to the process and makes the opportunity more accessible. The law will have the VA partner with nonprofits for a pilot program where veterans learn to train aspiring service dogs. Hey, so uh, my name is Rory Diamond. I'm the CEO of Canines for Warriors. Thanks, John. Thanks for having us and bringing attention to the PAWS Act. We are the nation's largest provider of service dogs for disabled American veterans. So if you had asked me 10 years ago, give me all the proof and evidence that a service dog can help a veteran with post-traumatic stress, the answer would have been, there isn't any. And so Canines Warriors first had to partner with a whole bunch of policy providers and researchers to prove that these dogs work. And then we wrote a bill that said, hey, Congress, make the VA play with us, make them work with us so we can help veterans because there's probably 100,000 veterans who need service dogs that are really high quality because of their post-traumatic stress. You know, we can only do about 150 to 200 a year and we're the world's largest doing what we do. So clearly we need some help. Clearly the smaller organizations need help. So we wrote the PAWS Act, which essentially kicked the door open at the VA. First time it didn't work very well. We did our best, but it didn't pass. Second time it didn't pass, but third time's a charm. We were able to get both versions through the House and the Senate and then finally signed by the president about a month ago. If you ask anybody who works at Canines Warriors, what's the best part of this job? Almost everybody will tell you the same thing, which is the moment a warrior gets their dog. Seeing Ashley and Hope together should make your heart sing, and we're just all lucky our Canines Warriors to be part of her journey back. Today's episode features Ashley McCaffrey, an Air Force veteran and special education teacher who has benefited from the bond between her and her service dog, Hope. After retiring from her service with PTSD, she was coping with depression, anxiety, and constant triggers, even in the smallest moments. Not knowing where to turn, she applied for a service dog through the Canines for Warriors organization. And soon enough, her black lab, Hope, came into her life and gave Ashley the same feeling as the dog's namesake. Ashley, thank you so much for joining us today on Dog Save the People. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. And where are we speaking to you from? I'm from Deland, Florida directly in the middle of the state, 20 minutes from the beach and 30 minutes from all the theme parks you could ever possibly want to go to. Oh, perfect. Sounds like heaven. Yes. Very nice. Anyway, thank you for joining us today. So Ashley, you have a very special story and I wanted to just kind of walk back into your story, into your past a little bit. Can you tell me a little bit about how you ended up joining the service, joining the Air Force? I joined the Air Force back in 2007, which now seems Mm -hmm. like forever ago. I had just graduated from college and wasn't sure what I wanted to do with my life. So I decided, why not go do something for the greater good? And I signed up. I joined the Air Force with all intentions of getting my commission. I actually missed that test by two points, and you can only take it twice in a lifetime. So I was like, well, let me go in enlisted and work my way up and, you know, prove myself and show that I'm capable of being an officer. 
in 2008, I actually got deployed to Iraq. So I was fresh out of basic, fresh out of tech school. And they're like, here you go. Pack your bags for six months. Good luck to you. See you in uh, six months. Wow. So when I came home, I'd only been home for two months and I was out processing for Afghanistan and they had put me through a couple of tests and like, mm, something's not right here. We're going to keep you back for a little bit. And um, unfortunately, come to find out, I had gotten PTSD for my tour, uh, which resulted in a medical retirement from the Air Force. So my 20 years was cut very short by 17 years, unfortunately. The nightmares were a pretty good indicator, repeating the same things that I had been through while I was deployed. But I noticed a couple of the things weren't going so well. That's when I actually quietly walked into mental health and I said, I need to talk to somebody. And that's Mm -hmm. when we started the process of realizing that's what was going on. Do you think that that's changed through the years? Because I feel like the idea of of PTSD is definitely much more uh, talked about. There's a greater awareness of it in general. But I'm curious whether in the service, in the military, if that is still a taboo. It's still a taboo. You know, it's it's so unfortunate because when you have... PTSD or you're a survivor of MST, there's such a stigma attached to it of, oh, you couldn't handle it. What's wrong with you? Why did you let this happen to you? Oh, you just weren't mentally tough enough. Why did you sign up? And it's that's what keeps so many of us from getting help. That's what keeps so many of us reaching out. And that's unfortunately why the suicide rate is as high as it is. I know so many of my military friends that struggle on a daily basis with it, but are so stubborn and they're so worried about being judged, they're not going to ask for help. Oh, that's too bad. Um, Ashley, can you talk about any of the other examples that would be considered PTSD after you got back? I was assaulted while I was deployed, and I've actually had to come to terms with that recently. And that I know has elevated the PTSD and has made it much worse in long term, because you stifle it for so long, because you think that's the best thing to do and the right thing to do, because you don't want the judgment, you don't want to be the outcast. Being a female veteran is already a huge statistic. And then when you're a female veteran, and you're a survivor of MST, and you're struggling with PTSD, you just took yourself to like all of the statistics on the planet. Yeah. Wow. Just having to, uh, again, to relive those memories and to have to deal with the emotions that come up. I think most of us would just rather just stuff, you know, stuff them down. But eventually they have to come up because otherwise it takes us to a place we don't want to know about. So so I wanted to ask you about Canines for Warriors, the organization. How did you hear about them and, and what was the process like? So my husband actually found Canines for Warriors because I had come home from the VA, another mental health check. And at this point, I think I have been on every anxiety medication that is on the market. I just went down this rabbit hole. I'm like, they changed my beds again. What happens when this one stops working? And then they have to up the dosage. And then I can't get up out of bed because I'm too drugged up. And then I lose my job. And he just was like, whoa. He's like, this has got to end. This has got to stop. We need to find an alternative. He's like, you do the yoga. That helps. He's like, you work out. You stay active. That helps a little bit. He's like, there has to be something where you're not going to spiral out of control like this. And he did some homework and he did some research and he found Canines for Warriors. And he was like, let's give this a shot. What's the worst thing that they're going to say? No. He's like, you've already heard that a hundred times. So I filled out the paperwork. I submitted the application and I... I put it into the universe. I'm like, whatever will be, will be. 
And they called, this was in October, they called me in November and said my application had been selected, went through the training and got to meet Hope. And it's been amazing since then. And the way that they do things, the process, the way that they pair you with your dog, it's completely magic. And dog day is one of the best days of your life. It would be like the equivalent of having a kid. You get to meet this dog that is not going to be an instant fix, but is going to give you the courage and the ability to tackle things you didn't think you were going to be able to tackle before. Beautiful. And tell me about what it was like when you first met Hope. Oh, I still get emotional when I talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. With canines, you don't know what kind of dog you're going to get. You don't know the name of the dog. It's completely based off what your goals are, your activity level, what your job is. Um, And a good portion of their dogs are actually rescues. But Hope is actually puppy raised and donated by a breeder. And when they were like, okay, I was, I was the last one in line. And when they handed her to me, here's this little black fur ball of energy. And they were like, this is hope. She's also a social butterfly and she loves to get kisses. And I was like, you and I, we're going to get along just fine. And then once you lead up and you have them beside you, it's, it's almost like this wall comes down and you just know it's going to be okay. Wow. It's quite fitting because we didn't have a dog growing up until I was, uh, I think I was a junior in high school. Uh-huh. We, uh, the neighbors had a litter of black lab puppies and they would come into our front porch and they would hang out there whenever it get really cold. And one by one, they all slowly started to disappear. Yeah. And uh, one stayed. So my parents were like, all right, well, we'll go ahead and we'll keep this one. And now here I am getting another black lab. It just totally was such a full circle experience. And how has your relationship evolved over this this series of months with hope and with the world? With hope in the world, actually, I went grocery shopping this morning, so um, I oh, think we're doing. Amazing. We, I think we're doing pretty good. I still, I still didn't like it. It was still very yeah. uncomfortable, but it was much easier because I never know if she's like, "Mom, give me a treat," or if she's, "Hey, look at me. I know this is uncomfortable, but we've got this." Wow. Um, she's my little adventure buddy. I have the bravery now. So now you are teaching special education. Yes. And which, again, during the pandemic is is not the easiest thing in the world. Do you feel like uh, Hope has helped you in this part of your career as well? I would not have made it through the school era without her. Yeah. She has gotten me through so many days that I really did not think I was going to be able just to get through, whether it be physically mm-hmm. or emotionally or mentally. We really got hit with some really tough behaviors this year because I am a multi-teacher. So I have the highest need students, but they're also the lowest functioning ones. And they can have anywhere from a learning disability to a mental disorder. Yeah. And it's been an incredibly challenging year. And there has been so many times where she's been like, hey, I need a break. Let's go outside. Mom, take me outside. So Ashley, is there anything else that you'd like to mention or talk about with regards to your relationship with Hope or just generally how this healing journey has been for you? I think it's always going to be a healing process. I think when you have PTSD, there's never going to be a fix. You can't undo the damage that's been done, but at least there's steps along the way just to help you manage one day at a time because there's still going to be days when you don't want to leave the house. There are still going to be days when you don't want to do anything. But if you take that one step, something as simple as going through the drive-thru to get a cup of coffee, 
at least you're doing something to better your mental health. And I always want to put it out there is please don't be afraid to ask for help. So many of us are suffering and so many of us are struggling. And the end answer that you may think is the answer is actually going to cause more damage than you just simply asking for help. Thank you. And it is, it's so hard for all of us to ask for help. And I think so many of us are just not raised to ever be allowed to do that or, or to, we're, we're taught that that's being weak right. and that's, that's not, and nobody wants to be, appear weak, but I think that, I think that we learn so much and we grow so much when we are able to feel comfortable enough to be, to be vulnerable. And, um, that takes a lot of courage. And you were talking earlier about how you feel brave enough now to go to the grocery store, brave enough to go outside in the world. It sounds to me you've always had that bravery, but now you've got hope by your side. And she's just reminding you and reflecting back to you what you've always had and always will have. And now you're able to share that with others. Because hope has been such a blessing in my life and she has been such a great gift. I will always pay that forward because if she can help me and change my life, then there's somebody else that can benefit from that as well. It's so awesome to know that there is an organization out there that's not going to judge you for not being okay. It's comforting to know that somebody gets it, somebody understands. Good. Now, uh, Ashley, is there anywhere that we can follow you and or hope on social media? I have an Instagram. Yeah. And it's Dr. Pepper Smalone. And you can see all of Hope's adventures on there. She actually watches Jeopardy with us every night, sits in the chair like a human. (laughs) She was on our Christmas card this year, and I had a friend of ours draw up like a caricature. And I sent the card to Canines for Warriors, and they were like, this is the best Christmas card ever. How did you get this done? I'm like, Hope was just being Hope, her little smoky personality self. Wow, what an amazing organization. And I just want to mention here, for any veterans who are listening, who are interested in learning more about Canines for Warriors, you can go to their website at caninesforwarriors.org, or you can follow them on social media, Canines for Warriors, and that's K with a K, number nine, F-O-R, Warriors, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was very powerful to hear from Ashley about her struggles with PTSD which I can only imagine how intense and tough that must be to go through. I'm so glad she was able to connect with Canines for Warriors and for Ashley to find the relief and companionship she needed to better cope and get through her everyday life with her new dog, Hope. And as I mentioned at the top of the episode, I'm glad to hear about the passing of the Pause Act so that we can bring together as many veterans with their hairy soulmates as possible. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. This show is made by As It Should Be, a production company and content studio. It is made with the support of Scott Benaglio, executive producer, and Jack Summer, our producer and editor. And special thanks to Daniel Lampert, our neighbor and composer, for creating the music for the show. You can follow Dog Save the People on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like this show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow our show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. To sign up for our monthly email newsletter, you can go to dogsavethepeople.com. On the website, you'll also be able to find merch in our new online gift shop. This includes shirts from the Tiny Tim Rescue Fund, my foundation, where profits go to supporting independent rescues and shelters. 
If you have any questions or submissions, please drop a note to the email address bark at dogsavethepeople.com. Enjoy a walk with your dog outside and make it a great day for both of you. Thank you.